0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, January 7th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The attack on the Capitol yesterday left four people dead, and a president not exactly striking a remorseful or even conciliatory tone for his role in urging his supporters to confront lawmakers. As they counted the votes of the Electoral College, lawmakers are again raising the possibility of removing the president either through impeachment or invoking the 25th Amendment. Cato's Gene Healy discusses these two possible resolutions to the waning Trump presidency and details how they would work. Since the rioting, uh, the insurrection at the the Capitol yesterday, uh, there have been Renewed calls, including from the National Association of Manufacturers, which is a which is a massive interest group that normally wouldn't weigh in on on topics like this, uh, calling for either impeachment or uh, the making use of the Twenty Fifth Amendment to remove Donald Trump from office. You've written about this, and I remember—I uh, guess it was maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, suggesting that at the time, at least the twenty fifth amendment' solution as as uh, we called it, was generally unserious. So uh, are either of these a good idea with just a fortnight's worth of time left uh, on the Trump presidency?
1: Yeah, we've had a strange week. We started off the week with one impeachment debate. There were more calls for impeachment and removal after the president's, the, the leaked audio, of the president's uh, phone call leaning on Georgia election officials uh, about finding him some 11,000 votes. Uh, and it seemed at the beginning of the week that we were going to have a very familiar debate, sort of a warmed over version of what we did last year. Uh, read the transcript. Uh, was it a, another perfect call or a shakedown attempt? You know, it, it time is a flat circle, it seemed like with, with Trump. Uh, then everything changed on by Wednesday afternoon and uh, we're having a very different and a much more serious debate about the constitutional means for removing a president. Uh, it's funny when we were having uh, the earlier impeachment and 25th amendment debates uh, earlier on in this administration. Uh, I kept hearing from people that, uh, you know, impeachment, it's like a coup, it's incredibly disruptive, it's anti-democratic, and I, I just have to say, I hope after the events of this week, I never hear that kind of stuff again.
0: So on impeachment or the the 25th Amendment, again, just two weeks left in uh, this president's term.
1: Right, but... Uh, there's nothing in the constitution, despite what the president's lawyers, uh, argued the last time around, there's nothing in the constitution that requires an elaborate process, uh, with the, with a, uh, raft of hearings. Uh, you know, all the constitution says about it is the house has the sole power of impeachments. The Senate has the sole power to try impeachments. Uh, they can adopt whatever process they want this is not something that they're going to be slapped back by the supreme court for and uh you know the, the it, it's certainly true that the uh timeline is tight but uh it's conceivable at least that, that if they wanted to they could they could put together a fast track impeachment process and it seems to me that what we're talking about here uh, it, it's semi-new territory, incite, is incitement to riot, an impeachable offense. Uh, but high crimes and misdemeanors, despite what a lot of people uh, seem to think about it, is a, is a very broad remedy. It's, it's addressed at serious misconduct that demonstrates unfitness for high office. Uh, Hamilton described it as abuse of violation or violation of some public trust. Uh, Madison talked about uh, impeachment as an indispensable remedy for the president's incapacity, negligence, or perfidy. Uh, So this is a very expansive tool in the congressional arsenal, and it's been used in uh, very broad ways before. The first federal official, uh, this might be a A useful precedent, the first federal official ever to be removed from office as a result of the impeachment process, Uh, Judge John Pickering in 1803, 1804, uh, was uh, impeached and removed essentially for uh, showing up to work drunk and ranting like a maniac from from the bench. Uh, On the presidential level, Article 10 of Andrew Johnson's impeachment was for a series of speeches he made using, quote, scandalous and intemperate harangues. Uh, And, you know, these were uh, speeches that departed from the norms of presidential rhetoric at the time. And whatever you want to say about them, they didn't incite a riot. Uh, And we are not talking again uh, about a criminal process here. The in, the penalties for impeachment are limited to removal from office or disqualification uh, for certain future offices, and you, so you don't have to go through the the sort of uh, meeting every element of a federal criminal statute and passing the uh, Supreme Court's Brandenburg incitement test in order in order to do this. It's a flexible remedy that's uh, aimed at. Uh, all sorts of misconduct, and the misconduct in this case, uh, I think we have to say, is appalling.
0: Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, when we had talked about this previously, it it seems as if impeachment uh, as a process is meant to deal with conduct unbecoming the president.
1: Yes, I mean, certainly uh, it's not supposed to be used lightly. Uh, you wouldn't impeach uh, Donald Trump because uh, he ties his tie too too long or uh, eats well done s- uh, steak with ketchup, um, but for broad departures of the, the from the norms of uh, presidential conduct for contempt for the rule of law uh, for what he did on Wednesday, uh, aid giving aid and comfort uh, to an angry mob, arguably inciting them to uh, storm the Capitol. Uh, no, this is not a difficult question uh, in terms of our impeachment precedents.
0: So there is the uh, another remedy, in a sense, it, that does not involve removing the president from office. Uh, the Senate could disqualify the president from becoming president again. How is that supposed to work? Well, that's
1: one of the reasons, you know, when people are uh, saying, well, look, we have got less than two weeks left. What's the point of even if you could get this done? What is the point of uh, you know removing him with two days left? And by the time you get it done, removing it with two days left in in his term. Um, and one rejoinder to that is that the uh, Constitution provides for another penalty besides removal from office. So Article One, Section Three uh, gives you the option of a quote disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor trust or profit under the united states uh well this particular punishment uh, has only been imposed 3 times in our constitutional history uh each time against uh, a federal judge and uh the senate senate practice holds that it uh it only takes a majority vote to impose it so you have a a two-thirds requirement for conviction and removal, and if you want to, uh, you can attach this additional penalty that's supposed to uh, prevent the uh, impeachment target from holding certain offices. So the question is, could you use this to uh, make sure to to close the door on the possibility that Donald Trump will ever have a second shot at the presidency in 2024 or uh, or another election cycle. Uh, but it, we're in pretty uncharted territory here. Uh, I mean, Donald Trump may not know how many articles there are in the Constitution, but uh, he, he's sort of been a full employment program for constitutional law professors uh, by giving rise to things that were. You know, wild law school hypotheticals or exam questions, um, and one of those is: Is the presidency the sort of office that the constitutional language, honor tr- office of honor, trust and profit, uh, talks about, such that you could disqualify someone from being elected after you impeach them and remove them? You can. Could you also disqualify them from taking the office again? Well, there, there is a. There's a legal scholar, uh, Seth Barrett Tillman, who's done a lot of work on this, and he's made an interesting argument that might even be correct, that uh, when the Constitution uses the phrase office under the United States, as it does in, in the disqualification provision, that it's a term of art. It's something like uh, an op- the, the term office under the crown in British law. And it's a term of art that covers appointed officials. Not elected ones. Uh, so uh, under his reading, uh, you could uh, you the Senate could uh, bar Donald Trump from serving as a federal judge or Secretary of State in in a future administration, but not a second shot at the presidency. It's an interesting question. Uh, I think it uh, is largely academic in, in both senses. Um, you only get to, the disqualification vote—if you have enough Senate votes to remove—imagine um, we're in a world. I don't know if we're in the the world the, in in this world, uh, you know. But imagine that uh, Wednesday was uh, Donald Trump's uh, shooting someone on Fifth Avenue moment, uh, where maybe he's done something so badly that uh, Republicans are willing to cross the aisle and uh, and. And vote to convict him in an impeachment trial, I mean, if you actually got to that point where you had uh, you know more than seventeen Republicans the seventeen Republicans it would take to convict him in a, in a Senate trial uh, it seems unlikely that he's going to bounce back so hard if he if he's become that toxic, it seems unlikely that he's going to bounce back so hard that uh, that this disqualification Question, the question of the meaning of this language uh, becomes important enough that we have to have Supreme Court oral argument uh, on it or something. It, it would seem that if we reach that point, he's probably not going to be president in 2024, you know, 25 anyway.
0: This 25th Amendment solution, um, which not that long ago seemed uh, a little bit beyond the pale, uh, now seems uh, very realistic. Mike Pence appeared to have a very public break with the president by uh, displaying his reading comprehension and asserting that he, in fact, does not have the authority to do anything but count the votes uh, that were sent by state legislatures. Yeah,
1: actually removing him from office through Section 4 of the 25th Amendment might be a a bridge further than, than that, but it's certainly true that we seem to be closer to that scenario, however close we are, than, we, than we've been during the entire, uh, Trump's entire term. Um, you know, the, this, uh, the second way to get rid of a, a president uh, who doesn't want to go uh, before his term is up is, is this provision, Section 4 of the 25th Amendment. And it requires uh, the vice president and the majority of the uh, principal officers of the executive departments, the cabinet heads, uh, to get together, uh, reach that majority, and notify Congress that the president is quote unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. When when that happens, the vice president becomes acting president, and the president can challenge that. Uh, send the send a letter, say nope, uh, I'm good. You know, I want the job back, uh, and Congress gets essentially about three weeks to to decide who's right and whether to ratify the switch. Uh, all along, I, I have thought this was a, an unrealistic solution. Uh, for one thing, as a practical matter, uh, in order for Congress to uh, ratify this switch, you need two-thirds of each House of Congress, as opposed to just a majority of the House and a supermajority in the Senate for impeachment removal. Uh, If you don't have that double supermajority, all it does is put the president in a temporary timeout. Uh, The the drafters of the 25th deliberately made it harder than impeachment, in part because it wasn't supposed to be an eject button for bad presidents. Uh, It was supposed to be used for incapacitated or nearly completely incapacitated presidents. Uh, Woodrow Wilson in the stroke, James Garfield. Uh, dying of blood poisoning after being shot, that sort of thing. Um, And the language there, you know, unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office reflects that. Now, people right now aren't worried that Trump's literally unable to discharge the powers and duties of the office. They're they're worried that he is such bad judgment and such abysmal character that he's going to do something Really destructive with the powers he has uh, in the time he has left to him. And this, for the first time, is uh, where the 25th Amendment, uh, practically speaking, has some advantages over the impeachment process. Because even a stripped down uh, fast track impeachment process like you would have to run uh, if you were going to try to impeach and remove the president with this much time left in the calendar. Even that sort of stripped down process takes a while. <laughs> you know, it's going to take a few days at least. Uh, and there are a lot of roadblocks that could be thrown up by people uh, in each house who, who resist it. By contrast, the 25th Amendment uh, is, is rapid fire. Uh, if Pence had enough of the cabinet behind him, uh, he could do it in the next 10 minutes. Uh, and it would be effective. As soon as that notification was transmitted to Congress, uh furthermore, you're not in the uh, the situation you've been earlier in the in the presidency when when people have been bringing this up uh, which in which basically, if you triggered this, you would put the president in the timeout corner for uh a couple of weeks, and then he comes back madder than ever. Uh, and hell bent for vengeance. Uh you know, the clock will run out uh if uh Mike Pence and the cabinet invoke this thing anytime in between uh now and January 20th. Uh and so the only scenario I ever saw uh it having the this advantage was uh you know previous to this was let's say the president Orders an unprovoked nuclear first strike. The vice president gets wind of it. The joint chiefs tell him, and uh, instead of transmitting that order through uh, command and control systems in, the, you know, a rapid manner, they they assemble, they 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 tell the cabinet what's going on and uh, decide to put the president in immediate timeout. You know, I hope we're not at that kind of situ- situation here, uh, but the argument for this sort of move would be, uh, how much of a chance do you want to take? In, in one sense, we've gotten kind of lucky so far. Uh, you know, this is a president, uh, who's talked about unleashing thermonuclear fire and fury, uh, who's tweeted in this weird Freudian, uh, bout with, uh, Kim Jong-un about whose nuclear button was bigger and more powerful how much uh, you know how much are you maybe we've been lucky so far and uh you know nixon uh went kind of crazy in his final days uh maybe we haven't hit peak trump yet with uh less than two weeks left in, in his term and so that that would be the argument and i have to say uh i think it's a pretty pretty compelling argument
0: Gene Healy is a vice president at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.